So um, as I'm as I'm leading into this, I just want to say I want to say this. Um, I'm not sure how many in here of you I've I've talked to many of you where the last last week or two there's just been lots lots of extra hard things, uh, almost like the enemy trying to take his best shot to um, undermine to to uh, bring discouragement. And um, I, I am convinced, I know that we're not like gazing or, or searching for what the enemy's up to. I know that's not our desire. But sometimes it's also good to know that, um, you know, that some of the things that are happening, there's a reason why, because we're, we're approaching on it, encroaching upon a time that the Lord has planned for a long, long time. There's, there's so much spiritual activity going on in the, in the good way. In the, the light that is that is that is absolutely being released a, across the earth, the, God's glory increasing, 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 and um, and even uh, this body, as we are heading to more and more towards what what we are called to do, what we've been gathered to do, um, these kind of things, you know, the enemy gets nervous and doesn't just sit and take it sometimes, and doesn't always play fair. But we have a Savior who is much greater still. And so I'm just declaring over you, um, again, I've talked to several of you where you say, wow, there was something extra hard. So I'm declaring over you the breakthroughs that God has for you. I am declaring over you uh, the favor of heaven, the encouragement of heaven. Wow. In Jesus' name, that the hope would rise up. The hope within you is rising up, rising up again. That there is nothing that's going to stop you from why you're alive in this hour. Some of you, some of you, that the lies have gone deep lately. Of, of it's not worth it. Um, I don't want to fight this battle anymore. I am telling you, fresh grace. You have fresh grace, fresh grace, fresh grace from heaven. The one who never leaves your side, the lion who is always padding right by your side. He is with you and he is roaring. He is roaring for you. And in your direction, the direction he has you going, he is the one clearing a path. So I pray over you, open doors where you need open doors. I'm declaring open doors that no man can close. I am praying closed doors that no man can open. The places that you don't need to go. And I am praying again a clarity that would come. Holy Spirit, would you bring right now, just breathe in, usher in a clarity of, of purpose, a clarity, an excitement for life, for living, a joy. God, let the joy rise back up again, the joy of being yours and being alive in this time in history. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That felt good. That felt really good. So originally, tonight, um, when we first slated this for this evening to, to, to make this a longer sharing time with you, we had said it was going to be two things mainly. We were going to talk about a, a, a covenant of belonging to Blazing Fire Church. What does that mean, really? And we said we were going to give you an update on the building. And uh, But what I what I need to tell you is, as as often happens, and I'm going to go ahead and put the title page up here to see, show you that there's a change, is that as we started going 
deep with the Lord about about what we were to releasing tonight and, and about the covenant. God, what is the covenant of belonging? What is that really about in the kingdom? What does that mean for blazing fire? But in the midst of, of going through this as an elder team, he really began to breathe on a, a, a freshness, um, a re, almost a rebirth of, of why we exist. Why blazing fire? Why did we come together? You know, we could say it was Suzanne and I decided to start a church. Well, that would be kind of the earthly reason of why. But something much deeper was going on in the heavens. There's something we're still living out that really Suzanne and I didn't even know about when we started this church 13 years ago. There are certain things we knew, certain things we were dreaming about, but we're watching them unfold. And so so I want to share tonight with you, and I'm, I'm actually really excited about tonight and we're going to have some fun because we're not we're not only going to look um ahead but we're also going to look back a little bit um whenever if whenever you are feeling um a little lost as in what's my purpose or what which direction am i going there there are bad reasons and there are good reasons to look back it's not good to look back and live in regret and live in the um you know, the guilt and the shame of what Jesus has paid for and what you've already brought to the cross. That's, that's not good. But you can look back. And if you look back and start seeing the, the dots and where, where they're heading, you're going, oh, you know, that, that's the way. I remember now. And, and that's, I'm going to tonight, I'm going to bring up some of our past, uh, history in a pretty fun way. So it's just, we're going to have fun tonight. And we're going to start with, with the mission. Uh, the vision, and then we'll get the second half of it. We'll get to the to the building search stuff. All right. So um, I'm just praying right now. I'm making this declaration that you will hear what the Holy Spirit wants you to hear. We've done plenty of preparation. It's not like I'm just going to say whatever and hope the Holy Spirit shows up and says something to you. But I also know He's an amazing interpreter. I've had people come up and say, wow, when you said that, that really hit me. I'm like, wow, that's really good. I wish I had said that, but let's just pretend I did because that was good. So Holy Spirit, we just give you permission. You do the translating. So I want to start with this. I want to talk about um, Proverbs 29:18. It's a scripture that most of us know well because it's kind of thrown out there a bunch. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That's the King James version. Here's some others though. The NIV, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people throw off all restraint. Uh, the voice message says, where there is no vision from God, the people run wild. Um, another way I would say it, this is different. This is Brent's version, which is when we're not hearing a live voice, when we're not ongoing hearing what, what we're alive for, we get bored. It's true. We get bored. We just start doing stuff because we're bored. And some of that stuff is really destructive. Some of it isn't. Some of it is. But when we, when we get re-engaged with what the Lord has for us, the life starts coming back and we remember why we exist. I, I believe this was a Chris Valentin quote, vision gives pain a purpose. It's not just for the pain. There's, there's the good side of vision. But sometimes when we're going through pain, we need to remember what was it, Lord? And that word vision, by the way, 
we've kind of turned it into, especially in a corporate America, a vision is let's come up with a really good plan that we can all follow together. And we call that a vision. But that's actually not what this word means. This word is talking about, it's talking about that, um, the, the, the word, the living active word from God that is alive and reminds you, it, it's, it's his prophetic now word for you. What's, what is God saying to you? Which can be just as simple every morning waking up and saying, Lord, what do you have for me today? You know, what am I alive for today? That's the thing we need to keep staying in touch with. That's, that's God's vision. All right. And, um, here's, so that was Chris Valentin, vision gives pain a purpose. Here's one from Steve Jobs. It's very different. If you are working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Now here's where I'd say again, if it's a vision that's from God, meaning it's a fresh, revelatory, this is what you're alive for. That's something people don't have to push you to do, right? Here's Bethel's mission. I wanted to start, we are under Bethel Church in Redding, California. When I say under them, what I mean is not just that we think they're cool and awesome and we hang out with them now and then, which is all true, uh, but we are known by them. We are under uh, Bill Johnson, Chris Valentin, our spiritual fathers to this house. Um, Danny Silk, Paul Manwaring, many others have come here and regularly, Stephen De Silva, regularly speak into us. Um, but we are actually commissioned by them. Meaning, we're going to place ourselves under you and be part of your mission. We like your mission. We like where you're going. Can we go there with you? So that means, so we're commissioned. We're under them. This is their mission. So this is part of our mission. This is our mission too. Revival. The personal, regional, and global expansion of God's kingdom through his manifest presence. Don't know if you read that one or heard it lately, but there's Bethel's mission. We said, along with thousands of other churches around the world, we've said, we want to be part of that vision. And together, I'm telling you, it's happening. It is absolutely happening. Now here's Blazing Fire's mission. Now some of you that um, have heard me speak before, you, you would be saying, well, didn't you say that was our vision before? Because that is what I called it. I called it a vision before. But I understanding lately that this is really more of a mission. And without defining, trying to get into all the terms right now, just a mission to me is an overall, this is, this is who we are. This is where we're going. Vision is much more specific and how do you see yourself in it? So, so here's our mission. We're still under Bethel's mission, and so we're kind of adding on to it our specifics that we're here to encounter God's transforming presence. We're alive together to enjoy his kingdom life as his family, and we are awakening and equipping world changers. It's what we're here to do. So as an elder team, for example, we can go back to this sometimes and go, is this what we're doing? Because this is what we said we're all about, all right? Now, before I share um, a vision with you, a, a, the vision that, that I want to um, open up before you tonight, I want to go, like I said, I want to go back first and hit some of the touch points. And for some of you who've been around a while, this is going to be kind of fun. For those of you who are new, it actually is going to give you some context of, of how we got to where we are. Blazing Fire is uh, 13 years old. And... Um, Suzanne and I have been in the valley 25 years, but 13 years ago we started this this church. So here we are. Um, 
Brent and Suzanne Locker began Blazing Fire Church, and we align under Bethel Church in Reading. That was January of 2002. Um, just, what is that, 10 months later, um, eight months later, we, eight months later, we move into Good News Family Fellowship. So this, uh, and we have more room to worship passionately. That's actually a picture from Good News. And um, that's me on the guitar in the middle. And I can start to name other people. But anyway, um, so that was really us back then. And that was kind of exciting because we were in a home for a while, the first eight months. And now all of a sudden we're, we're, we're starting to expand. More people kind of found us out and said, we want to go there too. Um, anyway, there's a lot of you can trace your, your, yourself back to those days because we were there for a couple of years. Um, but moving on, uh, October 2002, that was the first time Doug Addison came. And he took us out on the streets using prophetic evangelism. Um, and that's us on the streets, the, the middle picture there, that's, that's Hacienda Crossings where the theater is and all that in Dublin. And there's Sheila off to the right. Um, those were really exciting and fun times. Because although I had known Doug for many years before that, he and I are longtime friends, but, but Doug um, has been given an anointing by God, not only to, as a prophet to prophesy, but to bring others into that stream. And he came to say, hey, you all can do this. You can prophesy. You can hear God's voice. And we went out there and we tried it. And you know what? It worked. When we went out there, God showed up and pe- we started hearing from him. And and I don't know. I, I, we can't put numbers on it because we didn't tab everything, but we were doing that for a few years. In fact, there was one summer we did it every night of the week. We did it seven. There's Bill. Bill was out there with us. We did it every night of the week. And we started to really get to know people because people would, there a lot of the young people would be there every night. And we went so deep. But I would say that, that I think this is extremely realistic to say that hundreds, I don't know how many hundreds, but hundreds of people were saved, were um, set free of things, were healed. We had so many miracles going on out there. We really did. I'm going to talk more about that a little later. Um, so Doug got us out there. He got us He got us uncomfortable, you know? It's a little uncomfortable when you first start going out there. You're like, oh, I'd rather just, you know, stay at home. And uh, he got us out there. It was awesome. February 2003, Acts 29 in San Ramon. That was, that was a, basically a very large home group. So we were still meeting, good news, but we also added on an extra night and brought people into our home. Um, and that's... that's uh, Tim and Donna, Art and Donna and Lonnie. So they go back. That's, you know, 10 years ago. And, uh, we were saying Acts 29, cause there's only 29, there's only 28 chapters in the book of Acts. So we said, we want to live the supernatural. We want to carry this on. How do we do this? So we would gather, we would worship, we would pray, we would hear God and just more and more of the going out and going forth and praying for healing and all that good stuff. In September of 2004, that was our first supernatural school that we had with 40 teenagers. Yeah. That's my awesome son, Derek, sitting in the front row. (laughs) So, all right. You know what? I forgot. I totally forgot. Could have used this for Sheila and everything, but yeah, okay. Derek will love this, but there he is right there. I won't point at him this way, though. Um, 
That was an awesome year. And that was, that took us to whole new places. We just said, who wants to go deep in the spiritual, supernatural realm to these young teenagers? And, and at the time we had like three of them in our church and, and 40 of them show up. There's Shandy's here somewhere. Shandy! Anyone else here from then? Anyway. There's, where's Shandy? <laughs> it would take me a while. Never mind. All right. He's up there. Oh, right next to me. Yep, he is. Yep, in the red. Um, so that was extremely significant. And we then, that was the first of seven or eight years in a row of hosting um, basically Supernatural School that, that became a night school and then a couple nights a week and then a full-time day school. Um, and we are not currently doing that, but but we have plans to do more things like that in the future. September 2006, this is when we, uh, I hosted, I said uh, we, but it's, I, I sent out invitations and hosted our first Bay Area Kingdom Advance for pastors and ministry leaders. That was very significant. God's given me a heart for unity, that the body of Christ, we have to do this together. Blazing Fire is a place where we are working with the body of Christ. We are not an entity in and of ourselves, and um, we are working together. There was probably 40 people that first time, and it, it grew as many as 120. I, I, I did twice a year, uh, pastors from all around the Bay Area. Summer of 2007, that's when we did the outdoor worship services at Wayside Park in Pleasanton. How many of you were there for any of that? That's cool. Wow, that's probably like a good 20 of you. That's Suzanne. That's actually on our website currently, though our website's just about to be switched over any day now. Um, but our old website that's still up is, uh, that's, that's my wife Suzanne. That, that was her actually worshiping in the park with a flag. But you gotta realize, this is in the middle of downtown Pleasanton. And they let us have amplified music and we had, we were waving flags and people would come along and go, Wow, what is this? I want, you know, they liked the party. They wanted to come and join in. It was so much fun. And then we also had regional home groups, which was very important because, um, and we did all this because we didn't have a building, by the way. That's why we did this. We, there was eight, one, we have switched many times buildings, which we'll talk about later, but there was a season where we didn't have any. And we said, Lord, what do we do? And we started worshiping in a park. We had the favor from the, the, the uh, city to do that. And regional home groups, which really began to build up leaders, but also all uh, these people in, in the different regions around the Bay that came to Blazing Fire really started to go deep with each other. January 2009, this was when our first elder team, which is the picture in the middle there, that's Dan and Carla and Amy and Susanna and myself, um, they commissioned and launched our second elder team, um, which is the Louts and the Folklers and then Lonnie Ellis to the right. That was a very significant moment. How many of you were there when we went that night? Don't remember that. So again, probably a good 20 of you. That was a special night. To this day, I've had people that have told me, when I saw what you guys did that night, it did something in me. I, I wanted to be part of this family because there was so much honor. So often when there's shifting in leadership, you know, there's, um, there's hurt and pain. This was nothing like that. This was... The, the analogy I used at the time was that the first group of elders were like the, the, the fuel that got the rocket off the ground, you know, just raw power to get that rocket off the ground. And then they, they handed it off to the second one, which is like that second ignition. 
that takes us even further and, and uh, you know, closer on course to where we want to go. And also why this is significant is because of this team uh, to the right, the, each one of them brought something so significant. When you think about what they brought to to the uh, atmosphere, to the environment of Blazing Fire, you know, the deep healing um, that, that Russ and Susan uh, bring and, uh, and Russ, you know, with his passion for home groups and all the rest. And Todd and Karina, um, not only their passion for the youth and worship, but also their whole family. They have a huge passion for us to do family together. Um, and, and Lonnie, who brought the equipping, um, that was his passion. He wanted, he wanted, we got to equip the body of Christ and it's got to be in signs and wonders and miracles, you know. And every time he got up here, man, he would stir that up. And I just love it. It's all the body of Christ just being the body. So uh, next is um, February 2012. Um, this is when Leif Hetland, this is three years ago now. Leif Hetland um, came for the first time. He's been three times now, but he came uh, and, and really took us deeper. He challenged us deeper to go, to go after family. What real family? What is that really? And how do we add our value to each other? Not just a consumer mentality, but we come to add something to each other. And, and really, I, I think he was significant in, in causing us to want to go there and to see, to kind of see the, the bigger light. Like, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a purpose for the pain. Yes, it's hard. It's hard to learn how to do relationships well. It's hard to let God into our hearts. But man, the payoff is so worth it. And then um, last year, uh, almost two years ago now, uh, Winds of Change, um, home groups and, and the Heart Revival Service. So once again, home groups, we had a few home groups, but like probably eight more or ten more were added, which always, it not only causes people to go deeper together in those groups, but it also causes the leaders of those groups to, to suddenly rise up into a whole different level. And that happened again. And then we had the midweek heart revival services. How many of you were part of that in any way? Just raise your hand. Wow. That's like three quarters or more of you here. So that was just a quick, you know, stroll down memory lane. But each one of those things, just like our lives, there are significant moments that impact us and that, and that direct us more and more to what, what am I alive for? Um, as the elders got together about two, three weeks ago, about three weeks ago, maybe we were going to finish up the finishing touches of the covenant of belonging to blazing fire, which we're still going to do in three weeks, by the way, there's a slide later that has the date on it. We're still going to do that. It's coming really soon. But what happened is, is God started to first ignite my heart again. Suzanne and I took time to, to pray. We, we, we started starting to cry about some things, good tears, like remembering just that, you know, remembering what we're alive for. And I got, I met with the elders and, and they all agreed we, we needed to go further into, okay, God, what does this vision really, really look like? Uh, helping us to remember our roots and remember what we're alive for. So several weeks ago, we started to, um, Ask God, we said, Lord, what does this look like? We started with a whiteboard. And you know, after a couple hours, it was amazing. Everybody adding their pieces. And in that elder team, there were tears going on. And there was, there was excitement being generated as people were re-remembering what we're alive for. 
And one of the things that we said is, um, you know, we, we need to go, um, I want to say this correctly, we are always moving forward. And, and where we're going is ahead. But we need to remember what it is that we started with because at the very beginning, I'm going to go really retro here on you. This was, this was the first image that we used uh, a lot at Blazing Fire Church. And our first couple of websites had this on it. And the tagline underneath there, a church on fire with the passionate gaze of Jesus. That was our original tagline, our original one-line description for who we are. And as we sat there as elders, we said, you know what? That hasn't changed. That hasn't changed. We are a church on fire with the passionate gaze of Jesus. And that, and the, the uh, scripture that went with it, Revelation 1.14, and this is where we get our name. His eyes are like a blazing fire. So it's his passion for his bride. And as he looks upon us with these eyes of fire, things, we get changed. We get transformed. And we begin to go out with that same passion and that, and that same fire. So we remembered that. And then we began to, um, we began to, to listen to the Lord and hear about a vision that he had for us. And if you look, this is just another picture, but but here are here's just an artist's description. Uh, believe me, the real thing's going to be a billion times more impactful and powerful than this. Because I've 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 talked with people who've been to heaven and who have looked right into those eyes. Um, but when you look at that, it certainly reminds me of something, and that is, it looks kind of like the sun, which is is the analogy that we want to use tonight as we as we talk about our vision i want to look at the sun when we sometimes we need analogies because things that god is trying to show us are so deep and so profound that analogies help our brains of course um analogies are never perfect um but but we found this one to be so helpful now if you think about our solar system Everything revolves around the sun, correct? Did you know there was a time for a lot of history where everybody believed everything was revolving around the earth? It wasn't until Copernicus came up with this brilliant idea. I'm thinking Holy Spirit might have had something to do with that, even if he didn't know him. Anyway, that actually we're not, everything's not revolving around us. It's revolving around the sun. And that is so much like our lives. Meaning before Jesus, before we really know who he is, we kind of think everything's revolving around us. Ah, we're pretty much the center of the universe. Um, and then we meet Jesus. <laughs> oh, paradigm shift. Everything revolves around him. I'm important, but I'm just out here circling, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the shift. Jesus is the center of everything. We can learn a lot from science. We can learn a lot from nature because God made it. Everything's got his fingerprints, his, you know, his prints all over it. And, and there are, you know, when science figures out more and more things, I love, you know, when they want to disprove the Bible and they end up proving it. You know, I just think that's fun. But anyway, um, Science is proving that, that God really means what he says. And, uh, and so in the center of the sun is, is this gravitational pull. Everything is being pulled into the sun. The sun is holding everything together. 
But everything is getting pulled into the sun. That gravitational pull is monstrous. And so I want us to take a look at the sun's core in this analogy. What what would that be? And uh, clearly, it's God's passionate, fiery love. It's God's passionate, fiery love. That's what's pulling everything in the universe. I, even those that don't know Him yet, right? And us who know Him and forget at times, we get pulled back in. We, we'll forget at times. But I'm telling you, it's His passionate love. Love, it's from the Father. Book of 1 John says God is love, correct? It's not just something He exhibits. That's true. Love does look like something. But he is love. It's the essence of who he is. It's something so tangible, so real. And it's, and it's pulling everything in. Our God is a consuming fire, it says in, in the book of Hebrews 12, 29. Did you know that the core, I don't know how they estimate such things since I don't think a thermometer would probably last very long in there. But they say that the sun's core is, is millions of degrees hot. What does that mean? I don't know. Really hot. Um, but here's just, again, just a visual of showing you everything's getting pulled in. Love, perfect love, casts out all fear. There's so many... Love heals. Love delivers. Love saves. Love gives us purpose. Love gives us hope. Love gives us joy. It's all rooted in love. And so God is pulling all things in. Now... What we got invited to is a forever love relationship between Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is, it originated before the foundation of the earth, this passionate love, this love, the Father loves the Son, loves the Spirit. Each one loves the others. Each one defers to the others. You know, the Father says, man, check out my Son. He's amazing. Son says, you gotta know my dad, because I'm just like him. He's the one you wanna know. Jesus says, oh, but wait for the Holy Spirit. He's going to rock your world. He is awesome. And the Spirit, oh, the Spirit just says, you know what? I just want to tell you more about what Jesus said and who the Father is. That's what love looks like. Everybody deferring. Everybody really excited about who the other is and, and celebrating who they are. And they said, this is way too good to keep to ourselves. We're going to create some people. Father says this was always the plan. You can read about this in Ephesians 1, that you're, you were planned before any of the world came into being. Because they already said, we've got to share this with someone. We've got to share this with ones that we're going to create in our own image. You have a, a soul and a spirit. We're going to breathe life into their spirit. And they're going to love like we love. But we're not going to make them love because that's not love. That's, going to, that's manipulation. We're just going to draw them into love until they can't stand it anymore. And they're just going to fall into love. And they're going to, they're going to, they're going to experience our love and then they're going to learn how to love each other. That's the plan. That's the kingdom plan. Now, in this analogy, our Blazing Fire family, this is the big circle is the whole sun. Okay. And so this Blazing Fire family, we're getting drawn in by the, by the passionate love of God. But in this, in this environment, we want, I wanted to take a closer look. Who are we really? Well, what is Blazing Fire all about, really? Well, believe it or not, um, I came down with three words. Can you believe that? Because there's a lot of things we could say. 
But who are we really? What, what are we about really? What's the environment of blazing fire that is changing so many lives? The first is the presence, his presence, the presence of God. That this, this is first and foremost what blazing fire is about. If you were to ask me, what kind of church are you? I'd say, we're a presence church. We want his presence. We're hungry for his presence. We love his presence. When he shows up, yes. I, I know he's always here. Don't, you know, sometimes people theologically, they're like, I don't have a problem with what you're saying. Well, I, I can't explain why that is that he lives in us, but there's somehow when we gather together and corporately want him that something extra special goes on. I don't know all the reasons why. I just know it's true. So what is presence? Things like encountering. That word encountering, it's an active thing. We want to encounter the Father who's different from encountering Jesus, who's different from encountering the Holy Spirit. If you haven't figured that out yet, these are more fun places in your journey that you're going to get to go. Because they each got a different personality, believe it or not. Even though they're they're one in, in the essence of who they are, which is love. Okay? Things like worship. We're gonna do we do lots of worship. And of course that's not just corporate, but it's just in a lot of ways how we worship God, our passion that shows up, the intimacy with Him. Intimacy is what? Into me see, right? We, as we get closer, as we learn to trust him, we're saying, God, I want to show you my heart and I want to know more about what's really inside of you. That's intimacy. And rest. Rest doesn't mean not doing anything. Rest means, God, you're good. And I get to rest in that. Even when things in my world seem to be falling apart, I'm going to learn how to rest in your nature that never changes. So that's the first one. The second one, and this is the one is is supernatural. The second one is supernatural. And this is the one, when we got together as elders, this was the one that, that the Holy Spirit particularly breathed on. Just like that. He, he breathed on this one. It's not that we haven't been supernatural. Like, when did we ever stop praying for healing or, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not like we stopped. But I want to tell you what, what, what I mean by supernatural, I, I believe that the Lord is saying to us, there, there are things that you could know, many more things about what's going on right now in heaven, if that were really your priority of wanting to, to press in to my heart and hear what's going on in heaven. See, there's, there's two realms going on, and the spiritual one is, is, is the far more significant one. It's just not one that we're used to tapping into unless it becomes something that we're starting to tune our ear into, okay? Things like, let me just give you some of these words, things like partnering with God and his angels, partnering with him. That means he's up to something, and we we need to figure out what he's up to, rather than saying, God, I want to do this. Would you bless that? He's really good at blessing, believe me. But if you want to talk about getting in stride and feeling the breath on things, oh, that's about partnering with what he's up to. And I'll tell you what, the angels, his angels, are always up to what he's up to. Because they are on assignment from him. And they know who's, they know who that assignment came from. They're on it. Right? So we want to partner with God and his angels. Miracles, power, things, seeing the impossible change. Because we were born to do that. The spiritual gifts, the ones in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and in other places. But yeah, but, but really honoring those, that they have a place. 
Revelation, uh, that, that again is, is about what, what's, what's going on right now, what's God saying right now, and then God's kingdom just breaking forth in so many ways. I, I want to unpack this one more next week, a little bit. We're going to have a guest speaker next week, and I'm, but I'm going to take a little bit of time to unpack a little bit more of the supernatural so that, because we're, we're throwing this out there, and I want to make sure that you understand what we're saying and, and what this is going to mean, though, what this is going to mean. In, in some ways, you might be thinking, okay, how's this going to change anything? All I can say is that when, we're, when God starts to redirect us again, and we start to become intentional with what he's asking us to focus in on, there are, there are shifts that start happening. One of the, one, and, and, and one of them, even as we gather, is, is more of an emphasis on, God, what are you saying right now? which means we get to put away some other things. If we had some other things planned, those get put away. It also means not coming with anything if we're not if we don't have something. This is let me just say this. I'm so, I want to say this a little clearer. Often I will get something from the Lord. Some some clear revelation, something that I know I'm supposed to share. And because um, because I can read the Bible, I, I can expound upon it, and it's good. It's good to do teaching. But there are times where I could have just stopped and told you the ten, the five minutes of what God told me, and then let's see where he wants to take it. What's that going to look like? And we've done that at times. Some of you who have been with us, you're like, well, that's not entirely new. Yeah, but there are times where, where we've been really, really intentional and we're saying, you know what, those are the times when we got together and started remembering some of those times, that's when the tears were coming. We're like, oh, we remember how good that is. We're getting some air going here. I'm feeling a little warm. Um, all right, so that's the supernatural. I'm going to unpack that a little bit more next week, um, and we will just continue to live this out. The third one is family. So we have presence, we have supernatural, and we have family. I want to remind you again, what are we talking about? This whole sun is is the blazing fire culture, the environment. What is it that we are cultivating here? The presence of God, the supernatural, listening in to what God is up to and partnering with him and doing it as a family. And we have talked a lot about family. Some of you are like, you know, I love what we're doing, but wow, we've talked a lot about family. (laughs) Why have we done that? Well, to be honest with you, it's taken a while. It takes a while. When a lot of us have not grown up in safe and healthy families, it takes a while for us to get it. It's not just going to come because you heard three messages. You know what I mean? Here's some of the words you've heard us say over the last three years quite a bit. Words like being transparent with each other, authentic, vulnerable, intimate, where we're choosing connection instead of instead of separation from each other when things get hard, where there's healthy conflict resolution. What does that look like? Again, most of us did not have really good models growing up. Usually ours is, you know, just cut and run or scream louder or, you know what I mean? Like these are some of the things we learned. Um, and and uh, you have the other side on the top, assuming the best. Like how do we assume the best about each other and not, um, that's part of just seeing the treasures in each other. So that we're creating a safe environment. And then the last one I put is home groups just because 
that's not the only place that 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 uh, family happens. But I am saying one of the reasons we keep encouraging you get involved in a small group somewhere is because that's one of those places where you're going to be known, and where you get to choose, where you get to practice these things more in a safe environment. So there you go. Those are the three. Now I hope some of you are saying, "But Brent, there's something missing there," because because really there is. But it's just that we couldn't, we couldn't put it on equal par with any of those things. And that is what we've already talked about. And that would be love. Because I, I gotta tell you, one of the things I hear more than anything else just about from Blazing Fire, when people come here, if, even if they're new and even if the passion scares them a little or causes them to wonder what is going on here, who are these people? They will still say, but the love. The love here. You can cut it with a knife. Undeniable. Remember Jesus said, it's by your love for one another that they will know. That they will know that I came from the Father. And I'm telling you, there's a world out there that's hungry for the real love, for the real thing. And so the love is the overarching everything. This is Colossians 3.14 that says, And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. I'm just taking it in right now, actually. <sighs> so now here's, <laughs> this is a picture of the sun. I want to give you a, a, an idea of kind of what's going on in the center. Now, this is a uh, extremely simplified model of a gazillion uh, molecules of hydrogen that are flying around at breakneck speed interacting with this core at millions of degrees and so there's a fusing going on there is there is there is energy that is being generated like crazy in there check this out this is just a short clip it's pretty fascinating the first picture you're going to see is starting with the core right here 700 million tons of the universe's most common element, hydrogen, are converted into helium through nuclear fusion, giving off the energy that becomes photons, otherwise known as light. The sun's core is really hot, several tens of millions of degrees. And there, the temperatures are so high that protons, hydrogen nuclei, can come together, grab each other, fuse eventually into helium, and in this way, release energy. What? Do you get that? But are you getting it? Is your spirit getting this one? So we're bouncing around, around the Father's passionate, fiery love. And it says we're fusing together. There's this word the Bible calls unity. How do we get unity? We don't get unity by trying really hard to have unity. We get unity by, by actually just allowing ourselves to be loved and allowing his love to flow through us to one another. And out of that, these fusions, it produces energy. But it also said, from this comes the photons. Can everybody say light? You are the light of the world. Are you not? How are you the light? Because, because the more you interact with the Lord, 
it, it does something to you. But you know what's crazy? He never wanted this just to be about you and him only. He said, no, 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 that's not the plan. I wanted a family. And so I'm going to, I'm purposely making this where you're going to need to need each other. And there are times when you're not going to want to because somebody, somebody's going to hurt you. Even in a place like Blazing Fire, it happens. What? I, I don't like that that's true. But the thing is, is that we're, we are still in process and we still make mistakes and we still, can hurt each other sometimes with the things we say. And God says, God says, in this place, if you will continue to stay in here and, and continue to learn how to love and continue to choose to prefer each other, something's going to happen. You're going to be fusing and there's so much elect, there's so much energy that's coming from this thing and your light is going to shine so bright. Now from this, check this out. From this comes Solar flares. What this means is, we're, yes, we're in, the, we're in the body of Christ. We're learning how to love. But a lot of times the church keeps it there. Well, we just like it in here, you know? God says, no, the thing is, is that you can't contain this. It is, it is, there's so much power. There's so much energy. There's so much light going on. It's got to burst forth. This solar flare, this picture of a solar flare, you have no idea how huge this is. But if you had the, the earth would be a, a little bigger than that dot, maybe like about that big. That's how huge that thing is. I'm going to show you a movie of it in just a minute. These things are monstrous and they're sending stuff out at millions of miles per hour. Phenomenal. Now what is, so for us, what's a solar flare? This is our outward expression wherever we go. It cannot be contained here. This is this another word for this. This is our missions, right? Uh, you could be a missionary to your next door neighbor. You could be a missionary halfway around the world to your workplace, to your school. But this is these solar flares are what what is happening in here has got to burst forth. It has to, has to, has to burst forth. Another way of saying it, which has been really popularized lately. Uh, that God, that the Holy Spirit is breathing on, is that we get to influence the seven mountains of society. Now, I'm not going to go into a long explanation because that's what it would take to really go into this, but let me just show you what they are. Spirituality in church is one. Another mountain is family. Another one is education. Government and law. Media and communication. Arts and entertainment. Business and finance. What this means is this, the dreams that God gave some people who have been, who have been expounding on this is that, um, these seven mountains are the ones that influence and mold society. And God said, I want my mountains back because over these mountains is, is one called the kingdom of God. It overrides all of these and, and, and the enemy has tried to come in and steal some of these. And God says, no more, my, my church is going to wake up. Now understand that church, spirituality in church, it is one of the mountains, right? It means it's significant. It is one of the molders of society. But the church has thought it's the only molder, and that's not true. Otherwise, all of you ought to aspire to, I guess we need about, you know, 150 pastors here. You know what I mean? If that's the only, if that's the only place where we influence society. But that's not true. God has placed you where he wants you, where to influence all of these. So I want to share, um, oh, I'm going to share the, the video now. 
Check, check out uh, these solar flares. This is, this is just awesome. Again, when you think of the size of that thing, I'm just, I'm awestruck sometimes. This is what, this is what God says. He says, just as impressive as those are, so are you. See, we don't understand how, how significant we are, how, how much He wants uh, our lights to shine. But it's, but it's, uh, He says, you are that. Check this out. God says to us, especially as we go forth, you are my wow. You are my wow on the earth. Here's another amazing thing about this. On the surface of the earth, they say it's tens of thousands of degrees. Okay? Out on the outer edge of that solar flare, they say it's millions of degrees. And they can't exactly figure out why why it would be hotter going away. I know why. Using our analogy, because I'm telling you, when you go out with this stuff, you're bringing the heat out there and God says, that I'm going to blow fire on because I want you out there. So what are some of our distinctives, our solar flares? Um, This is for blazing fire. Now, understand, this is not all-inclusive, but if you're asking me, what's kind of our DNA? Who are we really? What are these solar flares? This is what I would say. Prayer and intercession. And, and I'm going to define them. Communicating with God, hearing His heart, and using our voices in proclamations and declarations to release heaven on earth because agreement with God matters. So um, there's so much I could say about this, but, but prayer and intercession I see as one of the distinctives of blazing fire. Another one is prophecy. Now, um, specifically, prophecy is, is um, for blazing fire. Calling out the treasures in people by discerning and speaking the true voice and heart of God. So we've got to discern what's God's voice and speaking that. And we do this to build up, to encourage, and to help bring clarity and fullness to God's purpose for their lives, the lives of these people that we're calling out the treasures. And the eagle, eagle's nest prophecy, the reason why I put that up there is because there was a prophecy, uh, I believe it was Bob Jones originally, talked about a 500, was it, now I'm not remembering, was it 500 mile radius around, around Bethel as one of the places where God was saying, I'm, this is an eagle's nest here. Eagle's nest meaning specifically breathing on the prophetic, calling those who have the prophetic gifting and, and, and helping them to fly. And last time Leif Hetland was here, he called us an eagle's nest. It's one of the things that might have just flown right past you. No pun intended, actually. But, but we were called that. So I want to say I've had amazing conversations, fun conversations, not only with our elders, but with Bill Hernandez, with Joel, who are, who are overseeing our prophetic teams. We are all seeing we are going to a whole different place in the prophetic. Not because... Not because we're so, um, you know, brilliant to do that. It's because it's God's time. He's saying, church, you got it. You got it that my heart is to encourage. 
now I'm going to give you some specifics and some, and some direction that's going to blow your socks off. Like when you start telling people, they're going to say, how could you know that? And I'm going to say, and he says, I'm going to start putting you in front of kings. I'm going to put you in front of presidents of companies. What will you say to them? I'll tell you what you're going to say because you've been trained up. Now, for some of you who have not been trained up yet, we're going to have plenty of training. But I'm also telling you, for those who have been, he's taking us to whole new levels. I'd like to say more, but I can't. Healing. I can't just because of time, that's all. Receiving healing from Jesus, and this is, again, another solar flare. Receiving healing from Jesus and releasing his healing everywhere we go. This is, this is both physical healing. Uh, we've seen hundreds of people healed physically here. And emotional and healing of the heart. I wrote down healing rooms and a healing center because specifically Susan has a, a great passion to, to um, with the campus that we will have, to have a place for healing rooms, but also a healing center that incorporates many different areas of healing, um, not just spiritual healing and, uh, and not just the physical healing, but all kinds of the healing that's available to us from the Lord. I'm, I, that's her vision. I don't have time tonight to get into it, but we will hear it again at some point. Another one, another flare is evangelism. Now, this is introducing pre-believers to the real Jesus, reconciling them as sons and daughters to their heavenly Father through kindness, love, and power. Now, some of you might be saying, well, isn't all of it evangelism? Well, that's it's true. Uh, but specifically, some of you might be saying, well, I don't really feel like I... I, I don't prophesy much. I don't pray for healing much yet. I'll put the word yet on for you, okay? But there, but that, but there's, you get to still be kind. You still get to love people. You still get to share Jesus with people. The people in the next cubicle over whose life is falling apart and they, and they suddenly open up their heart to you. There's a reason why God caused that to happen to you and you will be telling them about Jesus and they're going to want him. Children and youth re, uh, revival culture. Todd, massive passion for, for, uh, Karina and Todd both. But I, but I've talked to Todd who has just a specific dream and passion for what this revival culture looks like with these young people. Nori is here somewhere and she has similar, there's Nori, she has similar passions that she has described about seeing our kids, uh, raised up in this culture of revival. If you've not been into our children or our youth, um, if you've never been, you know, tucked your head in to see what they do, it's not your typical Sunday school or youth group. I'll just say that. Meaning they're going after it. They're going after the deeper things of the spirit and they're teaching our kids and our youth to go for it. And here's, here's the definition I give. Young burning ones changing the face of the earth with their zeal and their love for Jesus. And that the phrase we've used so often, our ceiling is their floor. They don't have to start all over again. Where we've gone and what it's taken us pain to get there, they get to move from there on up. Amen? And the very last one is, uh, is City Impact. And this is one you have not heard us say very often. God loves cities, so get his heart for your city. And then do something to bless it and usher in God's kingdom. For so long, we have been shying away from this because, to be honest, about 12 people from this whole church live in Pleasanton. I think that's going to change significantly. I think that's going to change significantly because the 12 of us just got together this last week. Not all 12, but most of us could get together. And we worshiped and then we interceded and listened to the heart of God and began to pray heaven to earth for Pleasanton. 
Because what I realized is, I'm like, I kept thinking, well, how do you do City Impact? Because you're from everywhere else around the Bay. And I said, oh, I know exactly how. I need to be true to what God's called me to. There's a reason why he called me to Pleasanton. And as we go after it and are passionate about it, we're going to make you jealous. And you're going to say, I want to reach my city like that. And we're going to say, do it. Here's how you do it. Start gathering with some people around you. Start praying, hearing what God's saying. Do what he says and watch what happens. So city impact. God loves cities. He does. It's all through scripture. And one last one, just a question mark solar flare. And what I, the reason why I put that up there is because as you commit yourself to belonging to this blazing fire family, you may have passions and gifts that in time and with others, remember we said we're bound, you know, bouncing off of each other here, be, becomes another solar flare. The kingdom of God is so expansive. Some of our solar flares exist because of certain individuals who came in with that passion. That's why it exists. Suzanne and I did not have all those passions when we started. In other words, if I could go back to that history of Blazing Fire Church, the different touch points, I wish I added one more slide, and maybe I will for another time. But the slide I would add is this. The date you decided that this was your home. Because when something in your heart changes and you said, wow, I think I'm done window shopping. I think I, think I want to belong here. You start adding to the culture what, what your passions are starts impacting who we are. Because that's what a family is. It's not just about you know, a handful of leaders and what, and what, and what we want to go after. It's true that you have to see what our hearts are to see, wow, do I kind of fit here? But for those of you who've been here a while, it's because you fit here. It's because you like what we're going after, but I'm saying you get to add your part and it's important. It's really important. So in, in kind of ending this portion, I want to do this. I'm going to show you about, I'm going to show you a clip of the sun. And it's going to show the whole thing again. But, I, but here's what I want you to do as you're watching this. I want you to allow the Spirit to draw you in not, uh, of the immensity, the immensity of God's love for you, what you're alive to do, and also what you're a part of. You know, that you're a part of something that's making a huge difference. And you're going to see these solar flares. I want your imaginations to start going with this of what, what am I alive to do? How am I supposed to take this out? Because you very well may be part of a, of a solar flare, something that becomes a blazing fire distinctive in, in the not-too-distant future. But just let your, let your minds and your hearts go there here.
impressive, pretty awesome. And God says, yeah, that's how I see you. You are my shining lights. I forgot to mention right there when I was looking at the solar flares, fascinating. They're, they're massive beyond anything we can imagine, you know, hundreds of times the size of the earth, shooting out at millions of miles per hour. But did you notice how most of it got sucked right back in? That's that gravitational pull. It is so strong, it gets shot out with, with, you know, velocity, with incredible velocity. But the love pulls you back in. Now there's some bits and particles that go out for sure. And I even, I even liken that to, to, uh, you know, there, there are some people in Blazing Fire who've gone and, and shot out. And then one of those times they just kept going. You know, some of the people that have gone other places and taken this passionate fire love with them. And, and, and for a lot of us, we just get sucked back in. We experience more of the passion and we keep going back out. Um, in, in three weeks, we're going to talk about the covenant of belonging to our Blazing Fire family. So I, I hope I've given you some real things to think about. I love that actually you got some time to ponder some of this because, because really what we're asking in a few weeks is we're saying, do you, um, if you want to be part of, of us, um, and, and part of belonging to this, we want to, we want to know. I, I, covenant is God's idea and it's scary for a lot of reasons for us. But for some reason, when we, when we make a public, you know, ch- decision, there's something that shifts in the spirit realm. And I'm going to talk a lot more about that in a couple of weeks. So that's in three weeks on, on Saturday, February 28th. So we're, we're covenanting to belong into the family, but also to where we're going together in a, in a vision together, in God's vision for us, his revelation for us. Excuse me. So that's um, our regular worship time, six to nine, similar to tonight. Sometime after that, meaning it's going to be at different times, an elder or an overseer is going to be visiting uh, most home groups or small groups, almost all of them, let me put it that way for you to process the information and to ask questions. So I want to let you know ahead of time that's our plan because in a group setting, I mean, a large group like this, you you know, you're left to just sit and process by yourself. What if you have questions? So, so we're going to give you that opportunity. We're, we're going to just take one meeting from each, each home group and encounter and all the other groups that are out there. Okay.